Doodle Boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. Fredo. Still got it? Never lost it. Let's get that money. Let's get that money to White Boy Summer. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. Yeah, uh, what better way to celebrate the holiday than with a picture of a gun? WBSApparel.com. Big things going on. They got the fanny pack out. Not good old boys. Uh, they got a line of um, uh, Axios Fitness Training official merch. They got the put it back hoodie. Let's go to WBS Apparel. Get you, <laughs> get you uh, good old boys. Get you a uh, Pepe hat. Just get it. Yeah, speaking of that song that you that you had us play, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever heard it, but it sounded super familiar. I feel like there should be a training montage in the background. It's so good, isn't it? As long as Kano, Kano, Another Life. Mm-hmm. It's Italian disco from 83. I, uh, man, it does sound like something that could be on Miami Vice. Yeah. You know, I started, I started, I won't say rewatching it because I'm not sure that I ever watched it in the first place because I was kind of too young. But I started watching Miami Vice on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a good show. It's like you plop down a modern TV show. In like what 84 85 when that came out it's so good i don't watch hardly any tv shows at all but um there's this sort of uh uh one of my friends has got a thing where he puts up some tv shows on the internet and you just sort of flip on there and he he shows uh he's been showing um uh dukes of hazard and uh and uh <laughs> and miami vice miami vice is so good i just knew when i was a kid i loved miami vice I wanted to have a pet alligator. He he carried the uh, Detonix Combat Master. That was like his backup gun. And then he had the Bren 10. That was his primary for most of the series. Yeah. Didn't they make him like a special holster? Yeah. The, uh, the, the Galco, like the CEO of Galco, like flew to the set and they made, made him that holster on the set. And since then, they, they call that a Miami holster. I actually, I just finished fixing up, preparing, doing all this stuff to my, uh, I have a stainless Mark six combat master professional in large part because I liked, I thought Miami vice was cool as hell as a kid. That's why I ended up wanting a combat master. Yeah. Well, either the Dukes of hazard, I, I, that's one I don't have to rewatch. Cause and I bet you could even, like, I was too young to see that show when it was on, obviously, but it was on reruns forever, and I bet you remember exactly which channel it was on, Bogby. TNN? Heck yeah. TNN was, was like RMTV. Yeah, that's it had everything on it. Yeah, the, people have been posting um, Garth Brooks doing gay, gay ass lately. And I, I always, you know, the thing is like uh, Garth Brooks wasn't, wasn't a TNN guy. I don't know what the deal was that, but like, so we didn't even really, cons- he was like something else. He wasn't really part of the family. You didn't see, he didn't go on the, uh, grand old Opry and like that. He didn't go on the Opry. He wasn't on TNN. I don't know. Like people liked his song, the lightning crash or whatever that was, but that was it. You Thunder just, rolls, yeah. Yeah. You just didn't see him around. And so that's all I was always like. Garth Brooks, we don't care about Garth Brooks. He was he was never really in. He can't really break anybody's heart. Remember uh, Chris Gaines? Yeah. <laughs> TNN. I remember when that became Spike TV. They like did they did that whole giant rebrand of Sad Day. Yeah, it was. I mean, because 
they, they did this with a lot of these oh, these cable, boutique cable chip. Well, I guess TNM didn't start out boutique. It was just like Ted Turner bought it and said, I have a bunch of old like country-ish TV shows I'm going to put on there. But like, all these specialized things eventually got bought out and became the same stuff. Like when I was a kid, you could there, there was the Learning Channel uh, and the, like, the Discovery Network, and you could watch those, and they would have stuff like uh, connections with James Burke and stuff like that and Arthur C. Clarke documentaries. And, like, you would watch it. It would be nothing but documentaries. You'd actually learn something watching those channels. They all ended up getting b- bought out, and, like, they just showing the same crap. It's like uh, Alaska truckers and Bigfoot and uh, space aliens. Well, and ironically, the same thing happened to Spike, right? Even that became too mm-hmm. niche because Spike's whole – angle was it was tv for men remember because yeah, like dudes, yeah before like ufc was respectable enough to be on like uh like espn like it is today it was on there like stuff like that and that's even gone now i just looked it up and that's now paramount network which is just basically the, the same generic like stuff you would expect based on their website i'm looking at right now yeah i was wondering about this this week i was sort of uh talking about uh all these sort of shitty uh, sort of uh, prestige shows. And like, you know, it feels like, you know, after the South Park episode and stuff, which by the way, you know, the guys that run South Park are not white nationalists. It's like two Jewish, like liberal atheist guys. And so the, and they've had an ass full of like, it, you know, they, they had that episode about the, um, uh, the woke, all these woke shows and stuff. Like, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you ask around people that like, and like, yeah, maybe we're rednecks or whatever, but you know, the people always say, well, it's not for you. It's, you know, it's for the, for the, this huge wider audience and blah, 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 blah. But, um, these people ain't watching that shit either. They're all watching old stuff because like, even if you were into this kind of stuff, we're on like. How many years in a row is it of like, uh, I don't know. Is it like people, they were into it. Like, uh, probably the height of this stuff was like the, the Watchmen TV series. Yeah. But nobody watched that either. Right. I think they did. I think they, people said it was, it was, uh, well-made and stuff, which I mean, that was a shock. shock Oh yeah. Uh, Merrick, that's where the, the reason most people today say the Tulsa massacre instead of riot is that TV show that, that TV show like basically took what was always that was like a fringe theory of what went down. And then it was on the Watchmen show. And then that just became the official narrative. Like that show effectively accomplished that transition. Yeah. Tom Hanks would just go around like, uh, doing interviews and like trying to like blue people, blue pill people on, on Tulsa. And he would be like, yeah, this shit really happened. There was this bombing and stuff. But you know what I thought about afterwards? I was like, I don't know, like a race war TV show with like P-51 Mustangs, like B-17 bombers. Because <laughs> people were saying it, it, that it wasn't really, it, it was entertaining. I was like, yeah, it's probably, it was entertaining. You know what I mean? I can see that. Woodpit says, Olive, remember Olivia Munn? Boy, I sure do. Uh, she mm. was on the Gamer channel, right? I didn't have that, but there were clips of, of her on that show. Like she would do, they would um, throw hot dogs at her and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and she was, uh, 
the thing that was so nice by Olivia Munn is she had it. She had that perky attitude, like the opposite of uh, Billie Eilish or whatever. You know, Billie Eilish looks like she's just on suicide watch all the time. Well, I, this is the point that like, if you seconds uh, away from pulling the trigger, <laughs> yeah, and, and she was kind of. I don't know, playing along with the gag, which is like she knows she's on the show because she's a a, a hot woman and young men like to look at hot women. Sure. Uh, it, if you ask her about it, like she's come out since then now that she's old and said like, ah, it was demeaning and I hated it and all that stuff. They, yeah. they always do this. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't hate it. You loved it. You loved the attention because who wouldn't? Yeah. You, you hate it now, now that you're old and like you look back at Cause like, that's like, that's, just one of the realities of if you're a, a young hot person and you do things that are like either outrageous or you sleep around a lot, it's really fun at the time. And then when you get older, it's kind of embarrassing. It's just a universal law. Don't, don't, don't stop trying to gaslight us as the libs like to say. Yeah. Oh man. So one of the listeners just mentioned tech TV and G4. Do you guys remember that? Like I, I haven't thought about that in an eternity. Is that still around? No, well, they they tried to bring back G. I never saw G four because I didn't have it on my cable package. But they brought it back, right? And then it failed. Well, Olivia Munn was was a G four uh, girl. She was right. They would have they had a white girl that was big. Too. Morgan Webb, she was fun as well. She was the white girl on G four. Yeah, G. It was the shit. They brought it back like two years ago, and they're like, well, hey, this this uh this format really worked out great you know back in the 2000s or whatever let's just run run it back but you know and, and because it because it's in 2023 they they uh instead of getting like this uh you know a hot a hot piece of ass on there uh they got this sort of angry lesbian <laughs> just with the young men who buying video cards want to see yeah, so the first episode, she just started ranting about hating men. Well, I'm sure you do. Like, it, it's nothing really against her. It's just it's the the casting agent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, this isn't really this isn't really a great fit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like maybe you do better on the auction network or something, right? Yeah, and like uh, and like of course she was angry as hell. Everybody was angry. It was like a, a big mix up that just happened. And um, it was a big disaster and they had to cancel the show and stuff. Uh, I don't know what happened. Somebody's piece of like piece of paper got swapped around or something like that. But uh, do you know they got rid of, I mean, I mean, maybe you do, but I, I, I kind of knew about this, but I didn't, I didn't confirm it until recently. They got rid of cheerleaders in basketball. At least. I don't know if they got rid of them in football yet. <laughs> they, no, they, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh it's it's hilarious uh yeah I, you know they, they got rid of the great girls and stuff we're gonna do this thing for a while where we pretend that men and women are exactly the same they're exactly the same um because you know that that's where this lot like because if you sit down like logically the pen and paper the women will be like well how come like you know um you know uh uh this doesn't make sense you know if you go watch a women's uh, volleyball game they don't have like um uh they don't have like you know men doing gymnastics on the side to to like uh, uh cheer on the women so if men do this x, men do x and women aren't doing x well that's illogical so we can't do that uh i mean yeah it's ridiculous i mean what can you say we're gonna i don't know we'll do this for a while 
Uh, we'll just start doing, I, I think well, there's some avenues for us. One thing that we're seeing is that you could just kind of uh, run your entertainment stuff out of um, the Emirates or Japan. They still have gender roles there. You know what I'm saying? Mm, the uncontacted tribes. <laughs> we, have to, we have to go dig deep into the roster to find somebody who's, who hasn't been totally screwed up by this yet. Yeah, but to get back on the point, I mean, so, you know, the thing about this shit is, is like, um, the, the kind of stuff where you act like that there is no gender roles and stuff, like culturally, like on, if you just kind of talk to people or listen to what people say, even libs have kind of moved past that. But, uh, like because of the way civil rights work and stuff, like legally we haven't moved past that. Right. So, uh, this is that thing where it's like, I don't like libs are watching old shit too. They have to be. They are for sure. There was a, um, somebody I know who is, um, I want to say still plugged into that world recommended me a Netflix show. I don't have Netflix and the Netflix show, like the, the premise, it was a a movie, whatever just came out like a couple days ago. And the premise of this is like the world ends, right? There's an, like an apocalypse. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. the, the, the world is ending. And so it's on these people who are just like helpless because they're, so plugged into modern society they don't know how to function and like the main character is trying to watch the lat this is this is a plot of a movie trying to watch she had binge watch the uh tv show friends and she was trying to watch the last episode and like that's i don't know an overarching struggle in the movie i don't know if it's played for laughs or whatever but like she's she's binge watching this television from the ni- television show from the 1990s and i guess the uh, subtext here is like this is really pathetic that that's like the last thing you're going to do before you die like they know this too they're it's, it's not it's not beyond it's not beyond their recognition yeah it, like they, i mean they make memes about seinfeld and stuff and like i guess the simpsons technically is still on the tv show but like no one's cared about it since like 1998 like they know they obviously know this stuff yeah like um uh, there's all these weird copes and stuff, but it seems like, right. I don't, I don't know. Like they're not trying to work this kind of stuff out right now, but if you, if you get talking to people, like they have like, uh, so one of the jokes they do now is like, obviously there's tons of these women that have these liberal jobs and stuff. And, um, but, uh, they're not going to rock the boat or whatever, but they're still going to try to get what they want. So they're like, if they want to start, you know, if you want to start a family, uh, with a, uh, uh, with a husband uh you said you like you, you can reword that into saying that you're uh you're you're uh you have a breeding fetish <laughs> you know i mean yeah, so I, you, I, you have this bizarre sexual desire to re- <laughs> pro to procreate matt you ever heard of that that's some freaky <laughs> shit ain't it yeah but- the, like there's a kind of running joke about the uh, these people like reinventing monogamy. Like, oh uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a uh, friends with benefits relationship, but we decided to not have any other friends with benefits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of have to like uh, circuit their way back around to being normal again. Yeah, I, yeah but like that does. I mean, the problem with that is, is it never works because people people follow the rules of society. And if the rules of society tell you not to do that, then a lot of people are just not going to do it. Well, I mean, so th- this is, uh, we'll have to come back to this later because we got a lot of stories, but uh, I don't know. This, this, this is something that uh, uh, has been written about by, well, who, who's the IQ guy got all in trouble in the eighties. He had the, the, 
the book. Charles Murray. Charles Murray's postulation on this, and it, it, it's like at least half right, was that like basically elite liberals will tell you a bunch of woke shit, and then they'll do, and then they'll they'll behave like uh like ultra conservative Christians. Yeah, that was one of his more recent books, Coming Apart, made uh, which came out I think like in 2012, made that point. Yeah, Wood Pitt said, "Did I see that Hunter Avalon situation?" That's the guy that red pilled me on the Holocaust, by the way. Um, let's get to some stories. That's a joke, by the way. Before we go on, I just want to like, because I brought it up and there's never going to be another opportunity to, to mention this. Do you know that like there was a push this year and there were a couple articles about it where they're trying to say that the Simpsons TV show was relevant and good again. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Do you know what this is about? I've they, never, I've, I, the only, I watched a couple episodes of the Simpsons, like when it very first came out and it was like kind of a completely different thing. You watched it in the nineties, right? When you were a kid. Yeah. Like the, like a couple episodes of the very first season where it's about Bart Simpson with the skateboard and stuff. And it was right. Crazy. Right. So, you know, the show, I will say whatever, six, six or seven seasons of the show was, it was a really funny show. And I, anyway, here's the long, the long story short. But there's an article about how now it's found new relevancy and it's good again. And can you guess why it, it it's good again? I don't know. The staff have found a way to look at its main characters with a fresh eye. Homer and Marge are now living in the year 2023, 20, meaning they are millennial parents parents facing millennial issues. There was a touching episode about the psychological ramifications of Marge calling Lisa chunky. Many of the writers I spoke with made me promise the headline of this article wouldn't be a variation of The Simpsons Get Woke, because the truth is that the main innovations have been narrative-driven. Writers say the show now has fewer gags to make room for character development. So, like, they just basically straight up admitted, we took all the jokes out of our sitcom and filled it full of whatever is the current thing. And, like, this is every piece of media now. Or nobody's watching this shit. I mean, that, that, that's my theory. I, I think everybody's listening to old shit. They're all watching the X-Files and, and, and True Detective and stuff. And um, uh, nothing, none of this stuff is relevant. The last time there was sort of a relevant show that people watched was like a fucking Game of Thrones or something, which, which was uh, all about like big beefy dudes fighting with swords and rape and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's bullshit. They're not watching True. any of this shit. True Detective was awesome. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch the... Did you guys both watch that? <laughs> I haven't. Even if you don't watch the show, I'm sure you can find this clip. There's like... A, there's a famous like... I think it's like 20 minutes or something. Uninterrupted, no camera cut scene of like McConaughey doing like a raid on this armed sort of... It was like a, an apartment compound, right, Merrick? Yeah, uh, that's not what the, what I thought you were going to say, but yeah, it, it's 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 a the first season's good. Yeah, but like that, the first season, a yeah, overall, it's just like really good. But secondly, that was just like one of the coolest. Like I don't know anything about. I'm not like Merrick. I don't know nothing about movies or cinematography or anything like that. But it was like one of the coolest things I've seen someone yeah. do, like on a TV show with a camera, no cuts. It's just following him the whole time when he goes in and does all that stuff. Look, if, if you want a reason to watch, well, no, you don't need to watch the show. Just go Google and turn off Safe Search and type in Alexandra Daddario, True Detective, because in in the first season there is a there is a scene where like 
this woman is is so naturally she's a beautiful woman, but she's also extremely naturally gifted. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to you know be crude or whatever, but just check it out. Mm. Time is a flat. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no nobody's watching this crap. Very possible, and like because you wouldn't have to do this stuff if people were watching it. Like a show like that probably can sell ads, ad space, whatever, just on this name. But I think it's pretty obvious, judging by what's happening with the streaming services, that there is not really a, a audience for this crap. They'll tune in if they have nothing better to do, or you can hook them with some novel idea, but they don't stick around. Yeah, well, uh, nobody's watching this shit, and a lot of people are going to get fired soon. But right now, everybody is on the... Uh, uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of these these shows are just sort of uh, picking up stuff. But we, we have to get moving. We got a lot of stories. Uh, Let's do it. Let's get started. Why Jack Smith is taking Trump's immunity claim straight to the Supreme Court. The special counsel has substantive and procedural reasons reasons for wanting a quick ruling on whether Donald Trump can be prosecuted for his actions as president. I'm not a lawyer like Fredo, but I'm pretty sure isn't like obviously the reason they're trying to do this is so they can get the Supreme court to say he doesn't have immunity so they can try to throw him in jail before the election. Well, yeah, it's like a timing thing, right? Like eventually that always would have been the question they're trying to accelerate like in a, in a, in a very unusual way, the, the getting that sort of ruling on record so they could finish anything up, everything up. And the reason for that is because it's probably the only way the trial actually happens on time in March when it's tentatively scheduled for, otherwise it'll drag out longer. And to Merrick, to your point, yeah, I think the idea here is they want him to go to jail in March because then that's early enough that it'll sort of, you know, he, he was not going to be out on the campaign trail, right? Like that's, they either want him to go to jail in March or if for some reason they can't get a conviction, if you're just looking at it from their perspective, they'd rather have that happen in March further out from the election. Right. People's and blame attention. the Supreme court. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well not only that, because people's attention spans are short, right? Like the more it looks like he's a martyr and being prosecuted, it is the better it is for his reelection chances. So, and what they're, the other thing they're trying to avoid is like, if the trial's like in August, then like, you know, the, and the article made this point, like he can just have like press conferences on the courthouse steps every day like basically rallies in front of the courthouse. Like it's great for his, uh, it's great for his, um, you know, campaign theoretically, not saying he wants it because there's a very real light chance he could go to jail, but it's certainly good for the campaign. Roach VDK asked what happens if it says he, if his immunity is upheld, essentially, then this whole thing dies. And again, that's kind of like, if that's going to happen, they would rather know now and sort of have that, out of the way very very early so it it makes sort of running on you know hey i'm th this whole idea that like he's being targeted it makes that less impactful because people's you know attention spans are so insanely short this is one of the you know they keep like they keep talking about the republicans uh, in the house about you know this or that and impeaching biden and people were complaining that they were dragging their heels but I mean, that's not really the case. If you were going to try to impeach, like if you were going to try to impeach Joe Biden, for one thing, you know that the Senate's not going to impeach him. So the whole thing is just for show. Well, you would do that 
next year. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that now or a month or two ago. You would do that at the, during the campaign when it's like, okay, this guy's president. The guy running against him is being charged with crimes. Well, he's also this guy's also being impeached because the son's crooked. You know, stuff like that. Like these are the only considerations that really matter. Nobody really cares about the law. All right. <sighs> Thanks. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I have nothing to say. This is uh, big brain stuff. <laughs> if you got nothing uh, big brain to say, you just keep rolling. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a good and, philosophy, honestly. I mean, there there isn't a whole lot big brain to say about this. It's mostly a, it's a procedural and timing move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's hard to figure that shit out because they. Everything about Trump is, uh, you have no idea what any, if you're a normal person like me and never see a story about Trump and the law, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it's, uh, it could be anything. Let's, uh, let's go. Uh, so everyone's been sending this article to me, uh, the great Benjamin Braddock, who has been on this show before on a stream, uh, interviewed Eric Prince, uh, very interesting. I recommend everybody go read. It's on IM 1776. Uh, super interesting. Now, a couple things, uh, my thoughts on it. So, uh, first off, um, I kind of started getting this. So, you know, I have my whole theory, what I want Eric Prince to do now in reality, in reality, there's, um, yeah, people, uh, you're wondering why I was sort of a little short of you brain cells well you can blame america the the quest he sent to the song to see look at that uh Dider <laughs> look at those didarios um, <laughs> yeah so anyways um uh i have my whole thing i would like uh uh, uh mr prince to do but i mean I, i've been getting signals from from before this to uh eric prince's podcast Eric Prince has got a podcast out now. It's, it's not like he's it's not like he's doing radio. It's like he's uh he's got he's puts out like an hour hour lectures on what he thinks about X or Y, and it's one hundred million percent all um foreign policy takes. We should be doing this over here. We should be doing that over there. Military, China, Africa this and that and so uh i mean and like when he does let on on domestic politics it's obviously it's it's like sick but he appears to have he really 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 wants to be uh what secretary of defense would you say does he i, I mean that that's if you were trying to i don't know that's a good question secretary like of state yeah well i mean he's kind of doing both right so uh so he he talks about well, we'll say secretary of state because he's talks, he talks more about that, but he definitely has strong opinions on how the military should be reorganized, which he goes into here. Yeah. Uh, let me read the quote. Uh, Braddock asked him, if you were secretary of defense, what would you do on day one quote from Eric Prince? I would fire every flag officer and make them submit a one page document specifying why they should be rehired. He would purge the military on day one. That's a, if you've been listening to this show long enough, you know, that's a very intelligent thing to do. If you want to have a long rule, if you want to, um, that's what you need to do. Uh, people who do do stuff like that, stay in office forever. Uh, it's, it's a real good idea. 
Uh, I don't know. He he's just the guy is just on fire, and like it's just it's crazy. This guy. Hey, let me let me read the second part of this quote because it's even better. And I apologize for interrupting you. Leadership starts at the top. A culling of senior officers and a shockingly deep and severe cut would be the very first place to start. Elimination of billets, the wipeout of their staff. That's one of the things I learned operating in Iraq. Uh, the military is the, is is very top heavy. We uh, we uh, he he mentions this and he mentions this later on in the article that we have the same number of flag officers that we had in like 1944 when the army was ten times the size that it is now. Like we have, we basically have ten times as many officers as we did back then, and it's like it's pure, it's bureaucracy, it's bloat. You could just wipe them out day one, and it might not really affect the, uh, uh, well, the efficacy or whatever you want to say of the military, but it would send a big message. Well, I mean, it would, it, it, it really send a big message. I mean, when you start thinking about this, like you know, and our brain, my brain is still wired from back, you know, in the old days. Like if you think of like. If someone is a colonel in like 1962, you're talking to somebody that could like, they could be the, they, they could be the governor of a large state. This is someone that, uh, that's sort of, uh, brilliant, um, uh, uh charismatic, et cetera. Uh, it's, you're, you're really like, you don't, you, you, they're, they're just, it's just impossible for there to be lots of them people that that have those kinds of talents you know what i'm saying yeah of course and you just you just sort of look at the freak show people that that, that we see every now and then and like people will show you that, that that there are still these superheroes in in the officer corps but you get the impression that uh there's a lot of, there's a lot of these other folks that that uh they don't really shove out front and center uh, that there is a, there is a, there's a whole lot of, uh, shitheads and, um, I don't know, like it, it, it was really great. He was talking about that. He was talking about reassigning lots and lots of people out of all these sort of, uh, bullshit paperwork jobs. I mean, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't really, um, I mean, he didn't really go into it, but so Biden has been loading up the military with every woman officer He's promoting them like crazy. Um, I don't know if Eric Prince's role in the West is like, when you talk about Caesar figures, it's Eric Prince. I mean, he's, he like, there's no one else. I mean, you could make to maybe take Elon, but Elon, not, not as much. Eric Prince has bailed out these monstrous organizations, uh, like the United States, like over and over and over again. Um, he's bailing out, uh, Israel right now. There's like a good argument to be made that they want to fail at these things. You know, he was talking about the fact like the United States, the United States of America had federal agents. We talked about this in the show a couple of weeks ago that were stuck in, uh, in Katrina sort of surrounded by like, uh, this sort of outside rule of law, like psycho gangs and stuff. And they had to come crawling with their hat in their hand, jerk Prince to get them out. You're thinking, you know, you, you know, you're talking about like, you know, in my mind, when I think of like the U S marshals or, or, uh, you know, the FBI hostage rescue team, I'm thinking of like the cream of the crop. These guys could do anything, but they can't, they can't anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's 
intentional. Like, like I don't think they're trying to sabotage the military, but like that's what's functionally happening. Like, yeah, functionally, yeah. Whether whether or not that was their intention, that's what they're, but like. They can't stop. It's it's. When we've talked about why before. You you never run out of clients. You need to give stuff to, and as things get crappier, they're going to have to lean heavier on these fake these fake government jobs and like you prince in the article mentions like that he would he wants to get rid of what he calls the soft he call, i don't know if he said fake but these like these soft made up positions in the military well these people would kill you before they let you do that like that's the one of the most important things to them which i think i mean i'm i, I would hope that he understands that but i don't think your average person realizes that i certainly didn't realize it before i started really thinking about politics the way that we think about it you know, I, I had a conversation with um with Tingzorg like I don't know a couple days into the conflict where we specifically we were going over like what were the what were Israel's capabilities in terms of tunnel warfare because uh it felt like you know my mind was thinking well that's gonna be a, that's that's gonna be a, a big factor in how this war ends up playing out is these tunnels are super important that the the tunnel warfare is huge. You know, the tunnel warfare is, is, is interesting, right? So the, like, uh, there's, there's like two kinds of tunnel warfare, right? So there's like a tunnel warfare, which is like the stuff that they were doing before this war, which is the stuff that, that we do, uh, on the border, uh, they're like this kind of like domestic tunnel warfare where you're, you're not going to, you're not sending, uh, you're not sending, uh, a, a guy in there with a pistol and a flashlight but you're, you know, you're doing sort of seismic readings. You're sort of plugging them up and stuff, but you know, to stop the drug smuggling and stuff or stop, um, smuggling weapons, whatever in, in Israel, whatever the, the whole tunnel warfare. And we looked it up and, you know, uh, they, uh, apparently, um, Israel had, um, they were just sort of using, uh, side troops to do it and stuff. And then they, because of, uh, issues in around 2008, 2009, they had uh, built a special ops team. See, tunnel warfare is like, uh, it's it's like it's rough. Like, you have to use a pistol, which really sucks. It's super scary. Uh, it's dark. You have to like you have to have like brave volunteers to do it. Yeah, being a tunnel rat was like one of the worst assignments in Vietnam. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, and you need to be like five three. Uh, and so like that, that really cuts off on the people. So, you know, but you know, the way I looked it over, it's like, well, they have, they have, uh, they have special ops guys on this stuff. I'm sure they got under control. They didn't have shit under control. They didn't have shit under control. And so, uh, Eric Prince calls up and says, Hey, uh, you guys want me to just take care of your tunnel shit for you? And this is what happens. Like, this is what Eric, the, the situation Eric Prince is in, like, over and over and over and over again. It's like, hey, how's that war going? Is it is it not really working out? You want me to just take care of that shit for you? Uh, I don't know. Like you know, China is having a rough go with these uh with these uh Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Eric Prince gets on the gets on the horn. Hey, I heard that shit ain't working out, bro. You want me to just take care of this shit for you? And like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh sending a black ops team to black bag jamie kennedy it's interesting like the guy is so so on the money i love when he talked about when they said like um 
when they were talking about, you know, why did you build Blackwater? Why did you kept like, wh why did you kept making it like, uh, why did you build your own air force? Like you could have, like you could have used the air force. And, you know, and he said, well, go look up, go look up half the medal of honors from the last war. They came up because, uh, the guy got a medal of honor because he called for, uh, for, for air support, which by the way, that's like how the United States military was like designed to fight. That's what? how you can get a medal of honor for calling in an airstrike. No, for what, what happens when you call an air support and they say, no, nah, we're busy. We're not going to help you. Oh, okay. I was confused. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. That's, that's when the music starts and you got to start. There's like the way that you fight with like, uh, like small numbers of elite troops or like in enemy territory with like uh you know you, you don't flood them with people at least the united states didn't going back to uh, uh who, who was the special ops guys in vietnam mac v sog mac v sog it's like mac v sog would drop like seven guys into middle of thousands you're like well how do you fight thousands with seven guys well you call in air you call an airstrike right so or you know when they talk about who are the, those socialist guys in the middle east that we would help out the Kurds, the Kurds, right? So we would go to the Kurds and say, "See this? This is a you know they we give them a laser designator and say you you have to go find the guys and that is rough, that's dangerous, but you point this at the guys and we'll blow them up for you." And you know, that, that this was how America fought wars. So, but then he said that they they we stopped uh we 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 you know we stopped off offering this air support. I had to build my own because if you call the United States. They were going to get, uh, give you a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of bullshit. Uh, you, and, and then you start making different decisions about what you're going to do. Are you really going to go out? Cause like and this, you know, we were always told like, who are the heroes of American battle? Well, it was guys like, uh, American sniper, right? So one guy out on his own, you know, and he's crawling in the dirt, he's out behind enemy lines. That only works one way. That works when you pick up the phone and call an air support. If so, once you start being unreliable with that air support, it's fucking over. Anyways, the point is that this guy is just bailing people out left and right. So, uh, he, so, uh, Israel, he, he called Israel's like, uh, you know, you, how's that going? It's not going, uh, you want me to take care of these tunnels? And so, yeah. And now they're like, now the debate about the tunnels in Israel, I think they're going to go ahead and do it. Like immediately the political debate in, in Israel went from like, like, how should we deal with these tunnels to now there's like a political debate. Like, do we really want to deal with these tunnels? Like, like in terms of like, is this going to cause a humanitarian crisis? Like uh Biden administration is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if you should go plug up all those tunnels now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's funny. Like how it, 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 the, it's just fucked up that as soon as you drop him in the, in the situation, the problem isn't like how it's like, Oh God, what are we going to do if we solve these problems? It's terrible. So I, I get why the Biden administration would say you can't do that, but uh, like domestically, is Israel having that debate too, like whether or not they should even try to deal with the problem of your enemies having direct access to your territory through tunnels? I have. There was a story. Uh, well, they the debate's over now. Now there was a story from um, about a week ago that that claimed that. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, December fourth. Israel has assembled a system of large pumps. It 
could use to flood Hamas's vast network of tunnels under the Gaza Strip with seawater. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm locked out of this article. But yeah, it said there was like, but the political debate did not. It went from like, how do we do this to like, oh, God, should we actually do this? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but that, you, this is what happens when you, when you put Eric because like Eric Prince is like this uh he's like a when you put someone into a situation that doesn't know like uh they don't they aren't hit to like all the uh uh the institutional rot you know what I'm saying like uh like you know you, you, it's like you hire this guy and then you know he's like hey why does that that guy over there work there he worked there and he's like. Oh, he he resets the um he resets the Xerox machine every day. Like, what do you mean he resets these Xerox machine? Well, hey man, chill out. Cool, we got a cool thing going on here, bro. <laughs> uh, this, 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 don't make any waves, man. This is like uh, you gotta like get hit to the system, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and he's like the psycho that's just like, oh, let's just go do it. Let's just get this thing done. That sounds crazy, but look at America's wars. America's wars, man, they're not really meant to be one, bro. We're just kind of like, we you just kind of hang out in Afghanistan, man, and we could just sort of ship lots of our U.S. stuff over there, and we could make a lot of money. You just chill out, bro. We're not trying to win a war, man. He in, in his article, crazy. in Braddock's article, the interview, he he talks about this that like the the American style of fighting wars. I guess you could say going back to the 20th century. It's just a have, vibe, man. Yeah. You have this big war and it doesn't really get resolved. Like that's the worst way to conduct foreign policy. Like it, it's, it's better to have a resolution, even if it's, it's short term, a bad resolution. Yeah. It's not a mistake either. I mean, so this, that's the point of these wars, by the way, this is the thing that, uh, uh, Zorg wrote that great article about like, um, there's some think tank guy that this sort of made his own think tank. And, um, and he started doing this stuff. He was like, just sort of started taking, uh, the United States uh, like battle seriously. Like he, he would like, write, he would say like, Oh, the United's like, uh, 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 Joe Biden is saber rattling saying, we're going to, we're going to fight on, on Taiwan. I'm going to write up a policy paper. Like what that looks like. And there, Cause it, it looks really arsler. Like it, it makes no sense at all. And, you know, immediately he's like, Hey man, chill out, dude. That's not, we're not really trying to really do that, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hang in the cut, man. It'd be cool. I wanted to highlight this, something he said in the article, uh, Braddock asked him if our military, our country even had the will to win a war if we needed to, or wanted to, like, do we even have the will to fight a war? Eric Prince says, he doesn't say no, but he basically says no because he, he, and I quote, we have wars of convenience and not wars of extinction. Uh, and he, he, he talks about, he uses Ukraine as an example. Ukraine's losing. They don't have enough manpower, deficiencies and weaponry. And it's a slow grinded defeat. They need to find an off ramp quickly to settle it, or it's going to get much worse for them. When you look at history, most of the carnage and heavy losses occur in the last phases of a war. And that's, that's absolutely true. Like you can get any, any time in, in war going back to like the bronze age to today, the people really start getting killed and things get really crazy and destructive. And at the very end, when somebody breaks either the line, if you're in, in the medieval battle, the line breaks and you chase down the people and kill them or modern warfare, when you just start rolling through and, and, destroying cities and and kill and gunning down and bombing 
groups of fleeing soldiers, that's when the real damage happens. So, you know, having the leaving the Ukraine sitting there like that to and not reaching a I don't know diplomatic agreement that would end the war. Eventually, that's going to happen. They're going to break. Their lines are going to break. They're going to run out of people to to man them, and there's going to be a slaughter. And it's going to. And not only will they have lost all these people for, I won't say nothing because defending your homeland is like is virtuous in itself. But when you have this, like we're supposed to be their patron, right? We're 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 they're our client state, but we're not acting like a very good patron. It's our job to step in and say, okay, you guys, you guys tried, you did, you, you fought really hard and you, you're very brave, but you have, you have to settle this with them now, because if not, you're going to you, like every man under the age of 60 in your country is going to be dead. That could, I mean, not literally that, but effectively that could happen. And, and we're not just allowing it to happen. We're encouraging it to happen because the people, nobody wants to Joe, like what Joe Biden wants is either a to have the election and win it and then allow the Ukraine to surrender. Or I guess better yet for the uniparty, have him lose the election and Trump be on the hook for pulling out of the Ukraine the same way that Biden's on the hook for pulling out of Afghanistan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We have the same reaction to like, uh, like the the communists and the Nazis fighting World War Two, it's like uh, uh you know people like Lindsey Graham. I just give them guns; they'll kill each other. It'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, the, it's 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 just. I mean, it's they said that's that not something you say to clients. No, I mean ten years ten years ago, eight years ago, whatever. They were openly when back when that ghoul McCain before he went to hell. When he was still alive, he was just saying that stuff out loud. Yeah, well, we'll fight this war to the last Ukrainian. It'll be awesome. We don't like the Russians. Kill as many Russians as you can. Well, because it, it's fake. I mean, it's not. I mean, sure, it, it is fake. Well, the, but the result, the result, totally isn't fake. But I mean, you know, like they're, they're trying to sound like Genghis Khan or whatever, when really it's like <laughs> your your nephew got like a three hundred grand out of this or something. Yeah. You know? You know, these, these guys, they're fucking losers too, by the way. Sorry. Uh, but anyways, uh, the article is great. I recommend it. He hits, he hits so many things. We don't really have time to get into. He even hit the Toyota question. Uh, he wanted, he wanted to bring Toyota on as a partner, which is, uh, something we'll talk about later, but, and, and then he's, he brought up the civilizational cycle. Uh, and, but he, and he literally started out, I think he started out or Braddock started out uh, talking about uh, inflation, the danger of inflation, uh, et cetera. So, yeah. Anyways, let's, let's keep rolling. Highly recommend that article. Uh, majority of Portland voters say they'd leave if they could as ho- crime and homeless uh, concerns persist. I feel like it's kind of becoming a universal thing across a lot of these places. About two thirds of the Portland voters, sixty-eight percent, said the city's losing what made it special. Yeah, uh, that's super interesting, right? Because I know what, like, like I get the, I get the vibe of like the Chapo guy or whatever, right? Like the Chapo guy is like, oh, like you know, he's watching the homeless guy piss on the on the on the on the uh, on the subway or whatever, 
And uh, you know, he and he's thinking like, well, the guy's not pissing on me. And like, what are you a pussy? Are you a pussy? You don't like seeing that. And, and by the way, and you know, this guy is like a, you know, a male under forty. You know, no family. Uh, sort of a, a like. Remember, not everybody is in that same position. Not everybody is like, uh, you know, it's different if you're a woman or if you well, want to have kids around you and stuff. This is true, but there's a ca- caveat. Like, like, okay, there's two, there's two parts to this, and one is what you said, like the dirt bag, the dirt bag left people who they're just gross, degenerate people, and they don't mind that stuff. And a young man or youngish man back when they said that, and they don't care, blah blah blah. But you know, famously. <clears throat> one of their associates who works for the Washington post, or maybe it's the New York times now who is a married woman with children who lived in the DC Metro area. And I think New York city said the same thing. Like, I don't care if there's a person nodding off and it, you know, shooting up heroin on the subway. It doesn't really affect me. Like that, that is exactly the person who should be worried about that, but they're not. And the reason for that, it isn't that they think this is okay. That's a lie. What they think is the in order to stop these things from happening, you would have to make changes to the political arrangement. You would have to do things that would hurt our political coalition. And and they would rather have the streets covered in garbage, have people raped and murdered. They would rather live in the like a heart, like live in a dystopian crap filled uh, herboid nightmare than to risk this thing that really gives them their entire livelihood. Like if you changed any of that stuff, they might end up in a different socioeconomic. Yeah. I mean that, that, and for that reason, it's actually sounds weird, but it's not inherently un- irrational on their part to no. believe that. Yeah. It, it's like, I, I've, I've had this rant in my head before, like, especially a year ago or so when they were real, like when before things got super bad economically aside from gas prices and people were still arguing heavily about like transsexuals and in sports and stuff like that. And when it was, it was the thing everybody was talking about and uh, specifically gender transition for children. And, and like what the way that they so effortlessly made this into a moral crusade for people who like three years before would have called the idea ridiculous and like accused you of being a right wing conspiracy theorist for even bringing it up. Those people immediately said, okay, yes, now it is absolutely a civil right. It's a, it's a moral necessity to, you know, chop the penises off of babies. We have to do this. You have to do this. Like these people would, will go that far to remain in this political coalition. Like they'll, live and die for the baby penis chopping party. There's not, there's no thing that can happen that will push those people out of the, out of the coalition. All that can possibly happen is they get their elusive, uh, anti-crime, like law and order Democrat, or they just put up with this forever. Now, I don't know how much of a percentage of the people that is. Maybe it's a small minority, Maybe it's an, enough that these cities could be like this forever. I don't really know, but I do know that like if you won't draw the line there, there's really no there's no point where you're going to say, yeah, you got to stop this, right? Because I mean, like that's the 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 child sex change stuff is like the worst possible thing. You would have to go to like back to like Genghis Khan to find something more 
destructive and evil. And this is just has become something that every good person, if you want to be a good person in good standing with like Hollywood and if you want to go to the country club and you want to enjoy being a, a, a smart and progressive person, you have to be for the child sex change. What is worse than that? I mean, we might find out, but there's not a lot. If the line's not drawn there, where would it possibly be drawn? Does this make sense? Well, I would say, uh, first off, um, uh, what's interesting and it's sort of like the thing that's like, uh, uh, nobody, you know, I, I no one handed me an, a, a newspaper or anything. Uh, but, uh, magically, uh, in what, 2018, uh, 2020 magically in 2020, all of a sudden, like, uh, this story was like, uh, the story. And of course that happened because they won, they won in the Supreme court. And so now right. after that, after that point, that was the point. Cause like before that point, um, and by the way, you know, the Supreme court victory wasn't to, uh, uh, chop off baby penises that wasn't the the supreme court victory was like you know someone that's been you know the way that this is sort of the art of politics now is sort of crafting these these sort of uh, uh boutique incidents that happen that you can legislate around right uh you know you get like we're gonna uh, have one of those later on in the episode right and by the way like it's a failure like the republicans should be doing this they should get like you know uh an orphan that's veteran that's uh you know uh, 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 uh that you know uh, uh, you're supposed to build, you're supposed to create these sort of situations the 2a is the only only uh, group in the on the right that does this yeah they've done it effectively like a lot of the pistol brace plaintiffs are like disabled guys that are literally <laughs> strapping that thing to their forearm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, my old gun store, uh, in, in, uh, Austin, Texas, they use that guy to, uh, do a lot of their cases and, uh, he's black. The guy that owns the gun store and he is just, he's like the nicest guy in the world. And he's also just, he's, he's, it's, it's like talk. Imagine that you're like a, um, uh, you know, you, you're, you're a billionaire and this guy is the, he's like, you're, he's like, he acts like he's the concierge at the Marriott. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, you just, you can't, you couldn't be mad at this guy. He's just, he's got that sort of, uh, attitude, whatever. And he's black. And I, I guarantee you that that that's part of it when they, because they'll get him to submit the case because it's this super nice black guy. It's not like this. It's not like, um, you know, a cranky old white guy and we, whatever you might say about that. But I mean, they're trying to use tactics to win this stuff. So the same thing, you know, they, they set up something and the case was over, like, you know, being fired, mm -hmm. uh, just for that or whatever like oh you're saying that a transgender person can't file papers at a uh you know in an office in alaska where no one goes and all this kind of stuff and that immediately goes to uh baby penis chopping well it, it, here's yes but i want to i want to do a caveat here like if you talk to libs about i used the example before because it's a good one like libs don't if most libs don't really understand how 
like the like freedom of association no longer exists. Like they don't, they really don't know that you can't have a club and you can't say somebody can't join it because of, you know, protected class. They just don't know that's true. They think it still happens. And so when you explain to them that you, you don't have freedom of association anymore, they'll be like, wow, that's kind of screwed up. Like, like, okay, I acknowledge that this is true and maybe it's not good, but whatever. That's not what they're doing with the baby penis stuff. Like they're enthusiastic about making this happen. And now I know that's probably because it's, it's fresh. Now I'm sure that at the time that there were fights over protected classes in the workplace or whatever, maybe that was the thing that they were focused on. But like I would, I naively would have expected before that, they would say, well, I think this is bad, but we have to do this because blah, blah, blah. But no, they're like, you have to do this to be a good person. And, and that that's the, I think the key element here is that they're, they're really good at following orders. So I, the, pretty much the only way you're going to stop it is to change the orders from above or, you know, knock out the, in Eric Prince terms, knock out the chain of command so they don't get orders anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple, th- I would, it, there, there's, I mean, the, I don't think it, it's over on that. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons. So first off, like, uh, in Europe where there's, there's sort of in, a, in countries where there's no, there's, z- there's zero natural, um, uh, kind of like, um, they don't have the religious right. Right. So there's nobody that's sort of angry about this or yelling about this or anything like that. There's nothing to stop them from doing whatever they want. There's no protest or whatever. Uh, it's just full steam ahead. Uh, they kind of did that and then they backed off. So like specifically like in Sweden and in England, they've only been making it more difficult and more difficult and more difficult. Yeah. I mean, I I, I agree. And when I, when I was trying, maybe not very eloquently to say in the beginning was, I don't know, like what percentage of people we're talking about here, it might not be big enough that they can do these things because that's kind of what's happened with certain things overseas. It seems like they went, I don't know if they went too far with it. They went so far and it got pushed back. That might be what happens here too. It's not going to change the, like the, the keep Portland weird people. That's not going to, they're not going to change their minds. They're down with the clown, no matter what. And, And, that's kind of the, the, I guess the inciting yes. inciting incident for the article. Like he, they might be mad about this and they might say they would like leave Portland and, and go live somewhere else, but they're not, they're not going to change things because they can't. Yeah. But it, this issue works differently because it, it, it's all bottleneck through the doctors. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's and like that. Yeah. And so that's what you go after too, by the way, like that's the, the, the winning strategy for stopping this is going to be, and it has popped up a few times in recent weeks, which is that you make in your state legal for people to, who, who got that surgery and then later regretted it to just sue the crap out of the doctors and hospital. And yeah, or you just make it or you, or you strip their licenses or whatever. That's, that's consistently been the most effective method in the States that have gotten rid of it. Right. And so there's not like this one is going to work different than like, um, a lot of other stuff because, uh, I don't know, like protesting and stuff, it's not going to matter all that much. I mean, it'll matter, but like it all, it's all going to come down to, it it all has to go through those doctors. Like, uh, I know England, what they've done 
is now they've bottlenecked it to like one hospital. Like if you want to do this to a child, it all has to go through one exact place. Uh, and I, th- I think they're doing that to just hard limit the numbers. And Sweden is just sort of like, stop doing this for children. I'm sure they've got some kind of waiver or something that if you're rich, you can get it, get passed. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, anyways, do, do, uh, I, just, just, I know we gotta move on, but just, you, you've had strong opinions about this and you have pretty good nose for it. Do you, uh, going back to the Portland, how like, you know, two thirds of the people say they don't want to live there anymore. Do you think they're going to get their tough on crime Democrat who's going to Giuliani it and fix this? Or do you think it's just going to keep going? Well, I just don't know enough. Uh, I think that there's, um, I think this kind of stuff is going to be settled. It's going to be settled by basically ethnic patronage groups. It's going to be like, you know, how, what can the Chinese put up and stuff like that? The problem is, from my understanding, Portland is kind of unique in that they do not have ethnic patronage groups. Everyone is white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the, like they don't really have basically zero minorities there. <laughs> that was my joke when they had those riots back in 2020. You had race riots that entirely composed of white people on both sides. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it could, it could just, uh, uh, you know, it could just not go back now other places, you know, other places, I think you, you have these sort of, uh, other ethnicities sort of step in and stuff, especially you go to California. Cause California is just sort of, uh, California is losing all their black people, especially in the big cities. We've covered that story before, uh, black people are leaving the cities in California. And so things will be settled by, uh, I, I assume it'll just, the Latin people will have all the power in terms. <laughs> yeah. It kind of has to be right. Like, and Asians. Yeah. Asians will be there too. Well, so uh, like, like the answer is, is after like the entire country swamped with like a billion immigrants, then it'll get up. It'll, it'll work itself out because they all deal with it. <laughs> is, is that the answer? Well, we're going with? Cause I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just extremely dark. Black bill. No, I mean, so, like, th- there's a real question there in terms of like what actually, because like the the deal is that if you're the Democrats and you want to change something about this situation, outside of some kind of like much more complicated solution involving the federal police, which uh, I mean, it's not like it's not being put forward. So people like Bernie Sanders have fantasized about just sort of like, you know expanding the federal police uh to, yeah which like but that's, they would, just, that's just for us they don't they're not going to actually deal with any of the crime like well, that's just to, to please us well i mean so real like real talk they wouldn't mind cracking the heads of homeless people if federal police did it they would they wouldn't that wouldn't be a problem the mm, problem the, the, the pro like the problem is that like the the police unions aren't aligned with the democrats but but the, I don't agree with the homeless thing because that's like their their cattle. They they can't have people cracking their heads and, and running them off. They need them to for their but, NGOs to farm. They don't. I mean, they're not as important as federal police officers. Sure, I guess. I, I guess you could trade one for the other, but I I don't know. It it, it just it wouldn't be it wouldn't like maybe it'd be a problem, but it uh but it would be less of a problem. Either way, like, but like the worst thing, like it, 
it's uh federal police would have to be our like if they federalize the entire police force that would have to be our red line right like that would be fed there is no red line man <laughs> no I, I mean i mean like you you, you kind of there is a red line there's a point where it's like if this happens it, it am, am i going to die like is this going to kill me or am I, me in jail like that's no, a red line i don't think that the uh, red lines are going to be i mean so like you know they have like all none of this stuff it, all of this stuff is is highly dysfunctional their credit card is maxed out right so when you're at that point where it's like uh it's like they would they would uh, uh like the idea of like oh we have to like uh remember they have to they also have to be subject to these violent psychos and stuff like that yeah. and they they have to because uh basically every nickel they give the police uh they get serious heat for because the other parts of the city these other city unions and stuff get seriously pissed off about that they that that's like this that's like the main that's like the main problem that's why the, the whole thing with the police is like uh when you listen listen to libs talk about this issue right they're going like it's not it's weird they don't talk about like what we talk about they talk like we talk about like the crime or whatever. That's that's a that's like that's like way down the list. They immediately talk. They will the first thing out their mouth will be the budget for the police. They'll right. say you're they'll, they'll say oh you want to talk about crime? We gave the police thirty four percent of the budget last year. Yeah. How dare you bring that up? Because that that's all they give a shit about and and like they have a serious war over that like and uh you could look at the that mayor in chicago i mean the, this is that's how that's how this shit ends right because they they're the problem with the democrats is they're 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 too fat there's too many clients yeah. like look at look at this california situation there ain't no white people left and so uh you know this these situations that's what's weird and like you know the, this uh asian people don't want to be republicans yet and honestly that's even worse situation for them that's even worse it's better they they're better off if they can just keep shoving off like uh you know 49 percent over to over to this the, is the hardest you're, this is the hardest thing for normies to understand when you talk to them about politics is the idea like, oh, well, why are they doing this? Do they want people to not vote for them? Like, yeah, they do yes. want some people to not vote for yeah. them. Yeah, and that's why they're trying to do this thing now where they're trying to, to chop up the Latino thing, right? Because, yeah. like, they're trying to see if they can chop that up a bit and make that, you know, not treat that as such a homogenous group to sort of get rid of a lot of them. Yes, that that is that's one of the biggest pills from from patron stuff is that you like having a coalition that is too big is dangerous that is that's the worst thing you can have the, the well unless you're i mean the exception to that right is the total state thing right where like you you have like a true like i guess like one party you know what i mean like i th i I kind of feel like there is an exception in there somewhere, but it probably only works even that in like micro states. I don't know a lot about like Singapore, but like the, the impression I got is that like, everybody's all on the same page there. You know what I mean? Well, it gets or am I full of shit? Like well, I'm, no. I'm open to being told that too. 
Okay, so there's two things going on there. So number one, there's the uh, the in state, which is the uh, the thing we always like uh, the the situation we always talk about where you die in office, right? The, that's why I always bring up the you die in office thing. So like, if you successfully pur, if you successfully pull off a, a large purge, now you're in that you're going to die in office zone where politics doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, and so you you see this over and over and over in history after guys do big purges they get in now politics is basically done however uh it's never really done even though you could be have it sewed up but if you don't have the big purge then basically just the problems start anew like so instead in, if 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 the democrats are like 80 percent or whatever now immediately you're gonna have uh uh you know a red coat you're gonna have a red coat and a blue coat version of the of the of the Democrats and there's, mm -hmm. there'll be too much incentive for somebody to split off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, Peronism in, uh, uh, Argentina. Yeah. Like there's like four, you know, four different versions of that and they all hate each other and they have like opposing parties and stuff. It's like in, we happened to us in the 19th century, you, the federalist party disappeared and you, you had like, here are 15 different flavors of Democrat. And yeah, that can, that can very easily happen. I don't know if we should move on for this, but I going back to like the 2016 election. If if you added like 20 percent on to the Democrats, the 2016 election would just be the Bernie Sanders versus the uh, um, Hillary, uh, yeah, Hillary election. Yeah, go ahead. The the federal police thing, I yeah, it, that would be a dream for them. When I said red line, I mean like. <laughs> There has to be a red line for for everybody, which is you have to take a look at something that they're going to do and say, okay, if this if this works, what happens? What happens to me on like a the personal level, whatever? Is it time for me to leave the country? Is it time for me to do other stuff? Like to me, federal like federalizing the police, they take away your county sheriff and replace it with a federal employee, which you know that's kind of. That's not really what they would do, but that's kind of the end goal. They would, they would I, do, they would do advisors, right? That that would be. I think that would maybe not be a red line, but close to it. like confiscating guns. That would be a red line. You we, just you you can't you can't go. You literally can't go along with that. Well, they don't. It should don't, have been a red line for us when they established <laughs> the, the, the when they. This is kind of black pill, but like, okay, so first off with the confiscating guns or whatever, they don't really have the capability to do that. However, uh, I mean, there are no red lines because we don't, we don't have the power. We, we can't really, we can't, if we, if we could, <laughs> if we could red line them on anything, we should do it right now, but we can't, we have, we are at, we're at the mercy of a huge, huge state with like 330 million people and tendrils going all over the world. It's too big. And no, you're wrong about that. I mean, there, there is, you, there is power that we do possess. Like, I'll, I'll just say this, like perhaps the first red line should have been the establishment of the justice department. Perhaps we should not have tolerated that. Cause when they, when they formed the justice department, everyone just kind of said, okay, we'll just, we'll chill out and we'll, everybody will take a step back and, We'll, we'll we'll walk back from the ledge that we're on now. They need a special cutout to catch Bonnie and Clyde. No, I'm talking about in eight, you know, the 1870s oh, yeah. when they established Justice Department. Like that was there was a moment in time where it's like actually we could just we could just double down on what we're doing now and and deal with this 
at well, the moment. Everybody step back from it. Like if they start, t- like if they, ha- I know they don't have the capability to do that. But like if they tried to do that, like that's why they, that's why they don't have the capability. It's not like they don't have the money or the organization to do it. They can't do it because they know that it would, there would be a huge body count involved, and uh, it might m- maybe not succeed, even if you had people who were willing to do that. You know, I'm right. just saying. Yeah. All right. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm gonna skip these Nvidia stories. It's, it's kind of too big for right now. Uh, let's do. Let's hit. Let's hit Kevin McCarthy real quick. Yeah, because it's kind. It's kind of related to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this. This. This is just. This is great. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy was doing that bullshit where you. Uh, you give those. Um, you give that speech. Sometimes they do a debate at Oxford. Um. Yeah, and there's a choice quote from there where he says, when you look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. I, I, like The main thing I want to say about this is like, uh, when was the last time you've went to a country club, bro? <laughs> All that bullshit of like, I swear that, that like America is haunted by this like some wasp telling them something 75 years ago like uh look the country clubs ain't been like that for a very long time uh like what like what is it with these memes of just like this forgotten dead world that just keep going around like like if you if you ask a liberal like you know show me what like uh show me what like an elite uh you know powerful person in america they'll they'll be like oh well he's wearing abercrombie and fitch you know what I'm like, let me let me just let me a- answer your question with the question have you been in an argument with a woman you were romantically involved with like longish term what is the statute limitations on stuff for her to bring up in a fight mm-hmm. they don't exist it could have happened 17 years ago and it, it, it's, it's still, it's still coming out in the middle, in the fight. That's all this is. This is just, this is their original Cassis belly. So they're going to use this and push this button over and over again and say, ah, all the stuff that we're doing, the horrible stuff, we have to do it because somebody, you know, somebody made, uh, Woody Allen's dad feel bad at a country club or whatever. Like that's just, that's just it's, that's it's, it's, that's just what I'm so GD tired of. It's like, well, I, it'd be it'd be you know these people are like uh you know you're just trying to go you're just trying to go get your groceries, and and a bunch of thugs roll up with mullets in their I Rock Z. Yeah, and it's like none of this stuff like they, they these memes and these old movies and stuff just dominate these people's brains. I haven't seen the movie, but a really popular Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Like there's a scene on the subway where a woman gets harassed and, uh, the three guys are literally wall street bankers. They're white wall street guys in suits harassing a woman. It's like wall street, like isn't even there anymore. Right. They yeah, but I mean the, the trading floor and shit. Anymore. The movie set in the seventies or but the whole point is like, yeah, it, it's the, the whole thing is like, it's not just an inversion of reality; it's t- total rearranging. Like they just have to say this stuff because, like, well, like I'm glad that he's saying this because it it, it really it's funny that people 
not you know establishment figures in the Republican Party ran cover for this idiot. I mean, the the former president of the United States, possible future president, was just a hundred percent behind this guy. It's he like loves we, him to death. It's like we almost married this broad, and then she comes out and says, uh, you know, uh, you know, she never had an orgasm. Yeah, I, it, it, well, this like. It's not a shock that he thinks this way. Like, like that would have that was the accusation before. I, it's funny that people gave Matt Gates a lot of crap. Like, you shouldn't do this as a waste of time. Blah blah blah. Uh, no, Matt Gates is absolutely correct about this guy. He's actually worse than actually worse than people thought. And, and it was funny when I saw this quote. I thought that we were t- we were discussing this on the podcast months and months back, and you were talking about when somebody starts saying these weird things that are. Like, oh, well, you know, the other team, they're just so great and they really deserve the win. We didn't deserve to win. Right. You need, that's where you need to watch your back because the knife's about to come out, right? Yeah. It's just, that's what he's doing. And now he's he's leaving office. He doesn't have to worry about getting elected by Republicans again. He's going to become a lobbyist or whatever dumb crap. And he's going to spout the same progressive, the same progressive bromines that you've heard your entire life. And like, good. that That's good. That's where you belong because. This this is kind of helpful, which is like everybody who defended this idiot can now have egg on their face because this is what he is. When he's on TV doing the uh, Meghan McCain routine, there you go. That's, just, that's who you're in bed with. That's your team. Embrace it. Just go fucking join the Democratic Party. It's fine. It's fine. Really, just do it. It, 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 will, be, it will be better for everybody. They'd be, they, they wouldn't necessarily be glad to have you, but they'd probably be willing to trade you for some, some like uh, people that they don't want anymore. Well, we'd be better off. Of course. I mean, these people are installed to control us. Yeah. That's yeah. Like how think about the, the, the limited amount of power they did have being speaker of the house when they don't control the Senate. Well, I mean, he was, he was speaker of the house when they did control the Senate. He did have power. Like this guy, you had a fucking sab. sorry. Uh, yeah. Damn saboteur in charge of the house. And you had a woman in charge of the Senate, Mitch McConnell. Like I, mean, I know these these aren't shocking revelations for people who pay attention, close attention to Republican politics, but like it's becoming so obvious that you can't ignore it, that you just have to admit it. Okay. Speaking of which, okay, that's uh, we've got to go back and um, we got to do a story that um, uh, I missed from a uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, hit the button. This is November 23rd, but, uh, I should have covered it, but I didn't, but this was just a, just a perfect example. So what Merrick's talking about there is, uh, Robert conquest is a set of laws that are like, mm-hmm. they're very important if you have consider yourself to have a conservative brain or not. But, um, uh, so one of the laws is the simplest way to explain the behavior of any bureaucratic organization is to assume that it is controlled by a cabal of its enemies, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. I mean, it's like, well, that's that's a uh, that's pretty crazy, right? Okay, so this is this is amazing. So uh, November twenty third, uh, open Open AI board member Helen Toner p- published an article that Altman took issue with. She described it as an academic paper that analyzes the challenges that the public faces when trying to understand the intentions of countries and companies developing AI. Uh, anyways. Um, so what 
what they ended up finding out was that one of the board members for open AI is I need to find the exact quote is she was an academic expert in, okay, here it is. Uh, for example, uh, the tying hands method where you encourage someone to make public declarations, then threaten punishment, such as being sub, uh, sorry. Uh, oh, here it is. The, the, the article is this, the article is literally an analysis of different ways you can force AI companies to slow development. Yeah. and recommendations on how they can be used. So like a, a board member of OpenAI was an expert like she was like like academia's expert in hampering the re yeah. AI research. And that, that remember that is not that like if like w once you've sort of been doing this stuff a while it's not shocking anymore but uh, that should be completely effing insane if you are an ordinary person. Well, sorry, or two ahead, detached from being ordinary, we're not surprised. Well, that is, you know, we're, like I mean, the, we're like the fifteenth year homicide detective. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the rookie's puking his guts out next to it. We're very grizzled. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you, I mean, if you if you spend time thinking about, you should, and by the way, if you're listening, you shouldn't spend time thinking about this. But if you spend time thinking about it, eventually you, I don't know, you see the beats kind of. But I still find myself like this story was like, it, what, what's this phrase? Like it, it wasn't, it was shocking, but not a surprise, right? Like, of course, you know there are people like this, but how brazen she was about. It. She was openly writing articles and like my academic field is how do you sabotage AI corporations? And she's on the board <laughs> of the biggest AI corporation. We talked about this a little bit at the time that they were involved with Anthropic, which is uh, another company that like a, a, a effective altruism company that focuses on stopping AI development and how these people were involved with this group. And I mean, eventually they lost after, the entire company threatened to quit because they didn't, they didn't sign on for this stuff. But no, like the fact that there was never like Sam Altman until he got fired, never really like you would expect him to be on CNN complaining about this, but he didn't, he really just put up with it until they literally shit canned him. And he had to, had to run off to what was it? IBM or Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft. It's like, uh, imagine, um, you know, you you're the you are the acting president of the United States, and you publish a book that's like uh, how to become a Manchurian candidate for the president of the United States. Like, couldn't you have held off on the article for like you know you like you had installed yourself at the like I, I don't know like you, well you don't have to imagine just remember <laughs> who was president in two thousand eight or two thousand nine to two thousand seventeen. They like here is some they can't stop self-congratulating themselves like long enough, you know what I mean? Well, but like okay, think about this way. Maybe they did like okay, like th this is actually I think a good example. Like Barack Obama is president. Like here was a person like his whole career was like yelling about how America sucks. And he went to a church where a guy that said like F America in the pulpit. And it was just and there was no uh, best friends with Bill Ayers, <laughs> domestic terrorist. There was no need to hide any of that. I mean, they did kind of hide it when, like, when like, there was a it was a scandal during the campaign. But he just gave a speech and said that everybody should be friends with each other, and everybody just forgot about it. So like, these people don't really think about it in terms like maybe I should chill out about this. 
they're used to just being able to say, yeah, I hate, uh, I hate America. I hate the com- capitalism. I hate all this stuff, but I'm also like in charge of it. They just don't have that in their, in their, uh, data banks. It doesn't exist. They don't have to ever do that. They don't have to think about what they're saying at any point. Now, in this situation, it's like this is a novel field and it's important, makes a, a lot of money. It was maybe an exception because like, okay, here's a person. It's it's 19, 1910 and this person's on the board of General Mo- of a Ford, like Ford Motor Company. Like, we can't let this happen. But it wasn't crazy for her to assume she could just say whatever inane, insane stuff she wanted to. Well, let's go to the next story because I want it's open AI story. All right. Uh, let's see. And Woodpit says, "Why are they so worried about AI? The job loss situation." Well, we'll talk about that some too. So this story comes from uh, Disgrace Propagandist, great Twitter account. We've been on his show. Uh, he's doing big things. So, uh, he brought up that like basically everything, everything with that Sam Altman story revolved around. So you're thinking about like, so who, who is this shot caller that got, that got him fired? Like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Is yeah. It, and it's a 31 year old woman from Australia. So, and she's, she just, uh, I don't mean like, I mean, like she just got here. So it's just this random chick that just sort of shows up. Um, you know, her dad is not the president of Nintendo or anything. Uh, she's like, she doesn't, she's not a code or anything. It's just sort of this random woman that's on the board. Now that's, that's completely, well, it, it, it's so crazy that like, you know, bullshit is up. I mean, and so the best argument I saw about this was that they said, well, when you see this, which, by the way, going back to Obama, Obama had a lot of positions like this when he was a young man. Uh, when you see this, when you see like, oh, there's just like this weird young person that's like, um, uh, that's on the board at was Lockheed Martin or something. What's going on there? They said, well, you're they're an intelligence asset. That's what that is. <laughs> I mean, okay. because, yeah. yeah, I mean. I hadn't thought about that in this perspective, but I mean, that would make sense, right? Like it kind of like fills in all the gaps because like it kind of fills in the Obama stuff too, especially since he was like a red diaper baby. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of tied to the intelligence stuff too. Yeah. I mean, because you, you just can't take the reality as it is. It's impossible. There's no way like, Oh, there's just this 31 year old chick. Um, no real skills or anything. She's got a degree in sociology. And, um, what do you, like, she lucked her way into being on the board opening. Yeah. No, like how, she, like, well, how would that even happen? That, that doesn't make sense that there's no way possible. Please. Someone explain to me, like, like what, what is the blue pilled answer for that happens without like, uh, without, uh, you know, uh, James Bond putting, uh, you know, threatening people with a bullet. Well, it would be, and I, I think your explanation is much more likely to be correct, but the, uh, the alternative would be that it was like some kind of DEI thing, right? Cause she is, she is a woman in like a insanely male dominated industry. And then she's also an immigrant. I mean, from Australia, but still, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but just think of it this way. Let me, let me do devil's advocate here. She's not see, I don't know if she's CIA or not. I don't whatever, but here's the devil's advocate here. Here's how she could not be. 
uh, you've you ever worked in an industry that had you, you had like reps that would come like, you know, m- medical reps or whatever reps, beer rep. Yeah. You, 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 pe- pe- like people. Yeah. Job. That being a beautiful woman, it's like yes. pharmaceutical reps that go to visit the doctors. Right. It's just, it's just, you just get, you just get a young woman. And well, in that case, it's a beautiful woman, but she's not necessarily an expert in her field or whatever. She just has to be a, a, a young woman, good looking, whatever. She in this case, be, she has to be bubbly. Yes, and, and she's not going to be. She's like you. Won't, you don't expect her to go like telling people. Uh, well, actually, when I was a, when I was a teenager and I worked at the a big box store, it was the Fuji rep, the Fuji film rep, and she would like we would just be we would we would wait all week for the Fuji rep to come by, and it's like she wasn't going to tell you that actually Fuji is an evil company and you shouldn't buy their stuff. And we need to get, we need to destroy Fuji. Like that just wouldn't happen. There's no reason for her to do that. You don't expect that the people who hired her wouldn't even like ask about that or think about it as a possibility. They, they might not have thought about that as a possibility when they give this, this young academic woman a seat on the board thinking that she'll just sit there, uh, play along and uses the pattern resume for the future. Cause that's how this used to work. They're not, they might not be expecting the Manchurian candidates cause it's not something that people did. There was no incentive to do it in the past for one thing. Yeah. So now two, two late, late incoming facts here. So number one, uh, he was able to find out. So, uh, California has a law that says if you have a board of directors, one of them has to be, have a vagina. Well, it doesn't say vagina. It says you have to identify as a uh, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, maybe we could work around that now. Uh, but, uh, okay, so that could be, so that could explain how she got on the board or whatever. They just like, hey, we, it's like, uh, you know, left wing terrorists like Bill Ayers and stuff would do this. They would start a black nationalist, uh, like communist organization, but they didn't have any black people. They would literally just get in their car, drive down the road like the first black homeless guy they saw. They would grab me. They would say, "You're, you're the, you know, you're an officer on this in in our uh, <laughs> communist club, whatever." So yeah, that could have happened. Um, but like that didn't really explain like the whole shot caller thing. You know what I mean? Like it, if if GM called me tomorrow and put me on the board, I would just be like sitting there like licking a lollipop you know what i mean like uh like collecting that huge check like i there wouldn't be like uh i i don't like you, you, all kinds of things that like imagine like oh okay you're you know we're gonna put you on this thing you're you're you have no money you're young you have you're, you're not really connected to this industry your dad doesn't run this or that and they throw me in the board and i'm like no f that we're going all in on this and he, you you ain't got my back ceo you're done you know, like that's what's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we're kind of going pretty deep in the territory of like the. By the uh, way, the guy she went to war with is a billionaire. Yeah, so like, if you were okay, either either if she was like somebody working for an intelligence agency or, or you know corporate sabotage, they did a pretty poor job hiring a person to do their corporate sabotage for them because like a good a good version of this would have been. You didn't say any of this stuff, and you didn't push it too far. You just terrorized Sam Altman. You, uh, I don't know. Ha- well, they did try to do, like make accusations, sexual accusations against again to get him to quit. You wouldn't have put her in there. You'd have put somebody who was smart enough to not say that stuff out loud. Now, that's not really an argument because there's no 
guarantee that these people are actually smart or good at their jobs. But like, I mean, I, I, it, you can't. It can go either way. Like, who who was the stupid party here? Was it whoever put her in position to do that, or was it the people who hired her on the board in the first place? Because they just looked at they looked at this resume and they didn't see what you or I would see. Because they they just assume that a college campus is what it was in uh, nineteen eighty three. You know, they just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They don't know, but better a better way to phrase this, they're not woke to what happened to this country in 2012. They don't know. They haven't. They haven't adjusted to the new reality. They're still working off old information, which is that yeah, yeah. These some they might have some kooky ideas or whatever, but it's mostly stuff that happens on campus. They just they haven't accepted yet the the cultural revolution is happening. Yeah. By the way. Um... A huge part, I think a huge part of the reason why he's able to keep his job is because he's a homosexual. Uh, if you, if you have one of these high impact jobs now, uh, like if you're, if you have one of these sort of, uh, hugely political jobs, uh, in the, in the private sector where you're, you're kind of, uh, one accusation away. Now they almost still got him. They almost still got him. They did get him. It just the the employees said they would quit if they didn't hire him back and fire the board. Like yeah. if that yeah. didn't happen, this wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, but if he if this guy was if she could have said, Oh, this guy, you know, he he um he pinned me in the he pinned me down in the elevator or something, <laughs> this would have been over. This would be over. He'd be done. He'd be done. And like the thing is like you can say, Oh, well that's that's really rough. I don't know if people would do that. You think intelligence agencies wouldn't do that shit? You make an easy button for everything. You don't have to have a police report. You don't have to have nothing. All you have to do is say, yeah, well, I think this guy, you know, he, uh, uh, what, remember that there was that Senator that was on SNL. He was a Franken. United States Senator, one of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, did, did we get the full police report on what happened with that shit? Well, there was a photo. Like that's why he got. That's why he resigned. That wasn't the same chick, was it? Yeah. So, the long story short on that is, there was a moment where Me Too was happening, and he, being uh, the kind of guy that he is, he's made crass jokes and done stuff. And there was a picture of him, like he was on a he was on the airplane after a USO show with, I think she was a I don't know reporter entertainer whatever a, a female professional. And she's asleep, leaning back in the airplane, and he's leaning over and like putting his hands up, like he's grabbing her tits, right? While yeah, she's I asleep. don't think he actually had a hold of her nipples or anything. Okay, bro. I, I mean, yeah, I know, but that that doesn't like he he did he was caught doing this right at the moment of me too, and they smell blood in the water. Like, hey, whatever, let's just go after this guy. And really, he, what do you mean, really? Yeah, you think ah. that the CIA was trying to take out? Al Franken, uh, United States Senator. I mean, you, re you really think the United States Senator is gone because, like, I mean, you don't think that's important that he didn't actually grab her tits or anything? What do you like? What do you mean that's not important? At that time, I don't think it matters. His timing was just really, really bad, and it, like, like, and it wasn't. He wasn't like powerful enough. You know what I mean? Somebody, somebody, like. There was me too. It was the height of me too scalp hunting, and somebody said, "You know what? Let's let's get a United States States the United States senator. Let's get a scalp." And there's a photo of him, like 
like acting like he's groping a woman who's asleep and she said that she did you know, whatever he, he was misogynistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you think the CIA wanted to get rid of Al Franken and replace him with someone oh, less liberal? Like why? It doesn't make any sense. Time bring back the hover hands guys. <laughs> like if that would have happened, if, if he would have been Senator like five years before or five years after it, none of nobody would have cared, but like he was in that moment of time when this is what they, the, the thing du jour. I, that's what I believe anyway. Yeah. I'll, you ever when like, um, uh, captain hip hick lib from NPR got taken down on some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, people were saying like, yeah, she was wearing a flak jacket as part of the joke. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was grabbing her tits guys. I'm saying he was miming grabbing her tits in a moment where they were, they were hyper-focused on hunting down like, you know, every, every witch that existed and was misogynistic. Like that's not, I'm not saying he was groping the woman. It doesn't matter. He was he was making fun of her for being a woman at a time when you weren't allowed to do that. Garrison Keeler, yeah, that's great. Uh yeah. <laughs> Distributed said uh Garrison Keeler's whole show was like the Hicklib uh variety hour. Uh, of course, I mean I we don't think of it that yeah. way because he's up north, but still it was like <laughs> Yankee Hick stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and these people they didn't go like they didn't go after them because they had a grudge against them. They were just scalps to be taken, and you could make some money doing it, and you could become famous. You you became a very brave and a uh, special person by doing that. That's that's all it takes. How many people make careers out of stuff like this? We were talking about last week about the woman who made who's made a career out of climbing up the flagpole and taking down the Confederate flag. Like this, that stuff can make a career. You can make millions of dollars if you are in the right place at the right time and. You're willing to cancel somebody. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go off base, and then we'll come back to AI. Button. Okay. So in Ireland, I don't, I don't have a, a thing for the the, the setup, but uh, so. Uh, Ireland is going to give all the Ukrainian refugee children gamer chairs. <laughs> what? Yeah. They're all getting gamer chairs. Uh, is that, is that a, I saw that tweet. Was that a joke? It's not a joke. Got to do it. Okay. Let me get the, let me get the original, uh, gamer <laughs> chairs, Ukrainian. Hang on. Let me get the, uh, well, I saw the tweet, which, I get, do I need to wait for the punch that for the punchline till you get the actual article? Uh, the article's in, in, uh, in, uh, Celtic language. So, uh, oh, okay. well, was it? I, uh, <laughs> what time is it in Ireland? Can we call, can we use a lifeline and call miss, miss Nagel? Yeah. Well, this guy is pretty base. Like, uh, he's, um, he's from one of these like super backwater districts where they all speak the language and stuff. He tried. Uh, he owns. He owns the pub in town, and uh, he tried to pass a pass a law that was honestly completely reasonable. Where he said, like, basically, if you live in the sticks, you should be able to drive home after a couple beers. Uh, you should be able to drive drunk if you live in the country. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most Irish politician I've ever heard of. Uh, yeah, but it was base, man. Because, like, honestly, like why not i mean like the whole point i mean i'm not saying drunk driving is great they kill lots of people and stuff but if you are literally you know uh 
in like it was super limited it was like you live in a remote place uh he was saying like if you live in a remote place you're you cannot like irish life orbits around the pub and so if you live on a farm in in uh you know in the bog then like what are you supposed to do and he was saying so we should let them have a have a few tall boys and drive home it's totally fine they're not going to hit anybody all right i got an english translation of this in a very heated debate on immigration uh, danny healy ray his name is danny healy ray incredible said that he has seen computer gaming chairs for children in the back of Porsches registered to Ukrainian vehicles driven around the place. He said our own children aren't getting such chairs, making the point that some Ukrainians are really beginning to take rise out of Ireland's hospitality. Basically saying that the rich Ukrainian people are getting free stuff from the the, uh, Irish government. So, by God, we should start buying gaming chairs for Irish children. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's a great, great... uh, idea for this christmas make make it happy for all the all the irish children all irish children should get gamer chairs get them made get them made domestically too you know what i'm saying yeah so ireland has a population of five million and they've taken in a hundred thousand ukrainians that's that's a pretty big chunk of the population to be just from one country in like a five-year period yeah you know, I got into trouble this week about commenting about Ireland because I was, you know, the, the the Ireland is just such a it's a uh, it's such a model citizen for this stuff because like the thing is, uh, and like you know there was there was a guy posting there that was Irish and he was saying like oh Americans think they're better than us and blah 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 and it's like no bro like first off like what's happening to you is the same thing that's happening to every single country with white people in it all of us like literally all of us like it's for my like it the only exceptions are like possibly uh hungary and what's the belarus 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 um well in russia itself yeah well, He's, Belarus is part of Russia's sphere. Like you, uh, Hungary is theoretically part of our sphere. So, like, yeah, Hungary and like Poland are the two are the, especially Hungary, the two and, exceptions really. And I don't even think that shit. Like, and I don't even know if that shit is a wrap either. Like, so Hungary has like a you know a uh, a authoritarian dictator. D- despite that, they have to fight these lawyer, these immigration mm-hmm. lawyers and stuff, tooth and nail. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like they had to do all this crazy shit and they still have to fight these people just tooth and nail, like every step of the way, they will do anything to get these immigrants in. And so like, look, you're in this, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this, you're most likely in the same situation, whether you live in Ireland, England, uh, Italy, Australia, United States, Canada, all of them. And all of our countries, we've all had this issue going on where we don't know how to stop immigration. We can't get our leaders to do it. We can, no matter who we elect, they say they're going to do something about it and it doesn't happen. And so we're all in that same situation, right? So I couldn't be more sympathetic to you. And and so a lot of times when we cover these stories or I think about and I look at other countries 
how they sort of deal with with immigration. I'm never laughing at you. I'm we're always saying like you know who's going to be able to crack the code and stuff. But now, well, the the main difference between Ireland and the rest is that how quickly they're doing it in Ireland. Like they've opened the floodgates yes. in a very short period of time. Like you know, we've had the, the we've had the slow drip. I mean, until until the person who's in office right now, we don't really know how many people he he's let across. It could be like. It could be a, a, a double digits percentage of the total U.S. population of cross. Like that's that's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but but until until then, we kept the relatively slow drip. Ireland, they just got it all at once. Right. And that's part of the reason why they had these riots and why Conor McGregor is cutting promos on the leaders of his country. Right. And so and so the deal is that it's happened really fast, and but plus what's so weird and like look this this isn't this has nothing to do with irish politics what this has to do with is like the optics that has happened because like all the old world politics that shit doesn't matter anymore it's, it's, it's gone and like and people don't really want to believe that you know what i mean like 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 here's the thing like you you go ask people about like what caused wokeness or immigration stuff you go ask a christian guy he'll say oh well, it's you. It's clearly due to the corruption and rot in the church. You go, you go ask a a, a left wing guy who say what's well, capitalism. You go ask a right wing guy who say, well, it's clearly the civilizational cycle. You go, you go ask uh, like uh, there was one today I saw where it was a guy in um, you know a college professor and he said, well, it's clearly because the the you know the colleges have you know the uh, uh, the humanities we've lost our lost you know this uh uh kind of like a, a telos of, of civilization stuff like uh those you go ask a poet and they'll say it's because uh you know real poetry ended like literally everybody has their own like and so this the irish guy he was saying well clearly this is all due because of uh because of the english you know this goes back to the uh you know what I'm saying? There's I I don't really think that's the case, but everybody sort of interprets this all like if you go ask the Belgians, you know, say it's the damn Walloons. Everybody sort of does this, but like if you zoom out, like it's probably not true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But by the way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what caused it. It doesn't matter what caused it. We just need to end it. But anyway, so this guy, so uh, you know. What's so crazy there is that we saw this, like, so you had, I mean, I, I, it, I'll, I'll sound stupid if I try to recap, you know, sort of this Irish versus England world history, but you have a bunch of English people there that the Irish don't want there. And that sort of defines their culture and stuff. Boom. You have like the world resets in around what, 2014 or something like that. Now all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And now like it's, it's it's illegal to, to not want people to, to be in your country. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, that's not making fun of you. Uh, it's a, but no, it's, of course it's not making fun of you because everybody else is in the same boat. It's like, if it's anything, it's gallows humor. It, what Here's what's so, here's the, the thing that's different about it too. And uh, you saw this a lot with the Irish like the stuff the Irish government says, like basically we're going to pass a law to make and throw you in jail. If you complain about this, the argument used to be that 
oh, actually, immigration is good, like really good for your country. It leads to uh, innovation and the GDP goes up and there's all these benefits, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in, in like p- immigrants who were here would say like, yeah, you're be- the country being enriched. We, we love America, et cetera. Like, did you see like the stuff that I like immigrants to Ireland were saying about like why this happened? Like, ah, oh, this is punishment for what you did. They, they did say this in like France to during the riots. Like we're right. here because you, because you were in Africa and now you're being, you're getting paid back for it. That's not something <laughs> that they ever said until like 10, like, but it, it 15 years ago, nobody would have ever said that. Like, it was always, this is that we love America. We love whatever. We're he, we're the new generation. We we want to be a part of this. We're, we're helping. We're adding. Michael Jackson. Right. Coca-Cola. And there was, a, there was like a, a viral video of some Moroccan guy talking about Lana Del Rey or whatever. It's like, that's the kind of propaganda you used to get. Now they're like, actually, you deserve this. And yeah, we know that we're a bird. Like, that's a weird thing, a, a weird attitude to have where you say like, yeah, I'm a burden on this place that I came to, and I know that, but it's, you deserve it because you're bad people. That's a really it's it's an evil and pathetic way to think about yourself. For one thing, like you're saying, I don't add anything here. I'm here because you owe it, uh, some kind of moral debt. But but your leader's saying that too, and saying we'll throw you in jail if you don't go along with it. That's a, a step in a different direction. It's not necessarily a good one for them because it means that basically nobody believes the old story anymore and they don't feel confident in using that. So now they're just going to go take a step closer on the force continuum. It's like, we might put you in jail. And that's what they do. And if, if in England, if you say this stuff, if you say the wrong thing, if you say, make a joke about bicycles being stolen, you will be put in prison. That just happened in England. It's not hypothetical. The guy got put in jail not for making a racist joke but making a joke that had racist implications that's what they're going to do now because the old stuff doesn't work anymore yeah well uh i mean there's a lot it, i don't know how we're going to fix it but i mean the, the the reasons why they want this i mean is is many fold i mean it, it, the main thing is that it's the way the only way you look at look through history the only real political power move that works is is divide and conquer and so if they can dump people in your country that are now you got 30 percent of the reds and the 30 percent of the blues and all that you're done you're done now you you want more money at your job well good luck uh blah 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 anyways um that's it but yeah so it's just it's very illuminating just like that you know Oh, well, the South deserves it because we did slavery. Well, the North deserves it because they killed the Indians. Well, the, the the mainland Europeans deserve it because of um, uh, colonialism. And the Australians deserve to suffer because of uh, Aborigines, the yeah. Aborigines. What, what about Ireland? What, what are they going to blame them for? <laughs> they haven't done shit. They haven't yeah. done shit. And they, they elected, they they created they elected like a a ultra leftist you know what i mean like they did everything they sang they did everything they were supposed to do they did everything they were supposed to do and they're still getting shit all over uh and like look that's not like the point of that is that uh a lot of people won't believe you when you tell them that like leftists they don't believe any of this stuff they just say whatever to get it done and they don't really care about any of this stuff. They don't really care. Uh, they don't care about slavery. 
they really don't care about slavery. Uh, when they, when a New York times, uh, uh, author gets caught with slaves in her house, they circled the wagon. They said, well, that's what happened. Yeah. The, the, that Filipino guy or girl that wrote about the family having a slave and they were like, oh, that's a complicated story. Yeah. Slavery, you know, it's a, um, it's, you go either way on that one. it's a peculiar institution. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> that, uh, that's really how they are. They really don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Government is what they do. It's their business. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, Ireland is just very, very good at sort of paying the picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick detour here. Twitter X, but I'm not saying X Twitter is projected to earn about 3.4 billion in revenue for 2023, which is down, but that's not the story. The story is from Charles. Hey, what was the, the thing that Charles, that, that Claudia said about Charles Hayward, or you said it on the Claudius episode, bog beef. He's the emperor. What is it? Supreme maximum leader, something like that. Right. Supreme maximum leader. Yeah. The word. Yeah. Now. So, uh, Charles's commentary here was I demonstrated over a year ago that Elon Musk cut about 1.4 billion in useless eater employee expenses from X. He apparently derived these figures using uh, public filings. Uh, X now has revenue of 3.4 billion, which like that has been sort of I guess portrayed negatively in some of the media. We don't know X's profit because it's now a private company. Elon took it private, but. Charles's uh, calculations here would be at that revenue, even with the decline, he was able to cut so much useless headcount that it would still have a profit of around 500 million, which that's amazing considering like the advertising woes they've had. And the, it just, it, it, it creates like a mind blowing picture of how many like useless employees Twitter had before the company went private. This is a good, this is a good thing to talk about just because when we when we're talking about hey we should do this in the university system and we should cut we should cut like public spending on whatever as part of the you know the the plan to <laughs> retake retake all of society from the insane people who run it like, people say we can't do that it'll be chaos they'll be like what what happens if you cut the budget by so much well nothing will happen if you if you get rid of if you trim the fat if you get rid of these people who are just taking your money and doing nothing in return if you do that like if you tax the university endowments if you fire these like dei people nothing will happen it, it, it's a it's a push i mean it's not a push because you're having these malign influences out of, out of the system but it's it's very doable we, like, we got along very well in this country for uh 200 not 200 years say 170 years bef- without having like everything revolve uh, every the every economic activity revolving through the federal government we could go back to that tomorrow like eventually we will go back to that when they're not able to do it anymore anyway it was kind of instructive too remember when like he first took over and like 80 percent of the employees like people were like mass quitting and he was sending out like emails saying like you had to like pledge fealty or you were yeah. like by like x time you're gonna get fired and everybody thought he was crazy, like oh the web, but the website kept running. Like I don't know what all those people were doing, but I mean we were all still posting. Like the, it was it was pretty much fine. The times that the website hasn't worked and it's made me angry was like wasn't because uh, everybody quit. It wasn't that period of time. It was after when he started getting these harebrained ideas, like I'm going to crack down on the bots by limiting whatever you know how many DMs you can send and stuff like that. Like the, none of this was stuff that they couldn't run the servers anymore. It was like 
self-imposed limitations. Well, they, they tried stuff and it didn't pan out. Like yeah. that's what it was. It was experimentation and when it didn't pan out, they, I mean, it turned out to be a minor inconvenience, right? Cause they just kind of reverse coursed and like, okay, well this idea. Yeah. They, they slow walked it all back. I don't, I don't know if you still get DM limited. I, I haven't paid. I don't have Twitter blue or whatever. And I haven't run into those since how many ever months ago when it was a problem. So, um, I mean, the, the wonderful thing about this story. So, you know what they were doing, and this is going to sound crazy is that they had like, uh, a billion dollars in salaries a year going to people that were hand boutique hand delivering, um, uh, censorship. Yeah. And you might say that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. How could you have so that many people doing that? Well, I mean, this, this, this is, this is honestly what's expected. Uh, 2% of the East German population were in the Stasi. Yeah. And this is like the, this is like a, it's just a perfect way to, to, we talk about the, we were talking about before with like how much you have, like, uh, like your whole team is on the patronage thing. Like, Literally, that would be like the perfect political party would be every single person in the, in your political party, like the 51% winning political coalition uh, is, I mean, it wouldn't be exactly that, but just work me a second. Like your 51% of your population are basically like uh, uh, political, like Stasi people. Yeah. And they've realized that if they do that and they keep those numbers, they can just sort of use the other 49% as like yeah. slaves, uh, punching dummies, uh, you know, uh, uh, good. It, it, it was a combination too. Like, cause the impression I got over there was like, you had a certain number of the people that formally had a role like that. And then you had people who like, at least on paper were like, they would be the subject of one of those videos that you would watch on Twitter, right? Like I'm a 26 year old woman who works in the tech industry as a project manager. And she's just eat, drinking smoothies all day and stuff. But like those jobs, like that's not formally like a Stasi or censorship job, but it's obviously still very much a patronage job and they're still contributing to that, you know, sort of enforcement mechanism, right? Like they're not on the official enforcement team, but they're almost like lookouts. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're right. I looked it up. So you had 90,000 sort of official Stasi and 173,000 were full-time uh, collaborators. And they had their own sort of units and everything, mm-hmm. uh, which it's, and of course, you don't need 51% of the population. You That's where the interchangeables comes in. Right. That's, that's why you dump a bunch of people from Morocco or, or, or Pakistan in little in some place that they're just happy to be there they don't want anything you know what i'm saying the ideal situation would be that you're you have your entire central coalition be people who basically get paid by the state to be your supporters and then you have the rest of society at large being the pay pigs that you tax to to pay off your supporters and you add not you can you add no value to anything you're just extracting value like then they, I mean, they've done a pretty good job of that, honestly. Like th- that's kind of the high-low coalition in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Even better, like, um, uh, you know, people like, um, uh, sort of activists, like basic activists, like, uh, you know, these sort of women that go to grad school and they're just really into 
social justice and stuff. Those are kind of, those are shitty. Like in terms of like, you don't want them as your, as your sort of, uh, as your sort of, uh, uh, essentials. You want people that need you that like, uh, you know, the second you cut the power, like, uh, uh, that the second you cut the power off, they're fucked. They're F sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that's what, that's yeah. who you really want. These people are just sort of, they're like rich kids. They're playing around. They're having fun. Uh, they're doing, going to the social justice stuff. They're okay. But that you don't get, you don't get the, um, you know, they're going to sneak off and go vote for Bernie. And then now they're not even going to vote for Bernie anymore because he's, he's, he, he went, uh, he likes Israel or he even, he like said like one thing about Israel, whatever, uh, they're, they're just sort of, uh, they're having fun. They're not really, uh, the professionals going back to the story. I think now it's, it's obvious, even if maybe he's not doing it the way you'd want it. Like Twitter, he, he, Twitter is not a fad for Elon Musk and he didn't, he didn't get into it to make a bunch of money. Like he bought it, he bought it for as his, his own soapbox. Like he's really, like he's really involved in Twitter stuff in a way that somebody is rich and is, you know, with all the stuff he's into, like he's, he's shooting space rockets. He's got, those crappy electric cars and stuff like he's got other stuff he could focus on. This is something that he wants for, for we'll say political reasons. And he's like, you know, he, he unbanned Alex Jones the other day and had a Twitter space with Alex Jones and, uh, uh, who's uh, <coughs> Andrew Tate. And, uh, it's ma'am. <laughs> I, I love when he does that, but, <laughs> Whether or not you think that was a good use of his time or whatever, he is, he had reason. He knows what he why you want Twitter. It's it's one of the biggest megaphones that, you, that it still exists, and he's using it that way. He uses it to to get his views out and push the views of people that he likes for good or ill. So the thing about like all that he has to do is not lose so much money that it imperils his fortune. And so like, if he's close to breaking even or breaking even, that's fine. I mean that's a, that's a hell of a deal. And people somehow didn't see this, but you don't, you, I, Lord Yarvin sussed it out immediately. You don't buy Twitter to make it a successful company or make money. You buy it because it's a printing press. It's a 21st century printing press. And now you're like a, a newspaper, you know, you're the New York Tribune in the 19th century. You have a direct line to the people. And by the way, that's how Donald, a big part of why Donald Trump got elected and He's now unbanned from X.com for the upcoming presidential election if he chooses to come back to it. Yeah. These things do matter. Like, tw- like, tw- like Twitter might be a, a social media is stupid or whatever, but you like if you if you look at if you watch your Twitter feed, you'll find out about stuff before other people find out about it because it, it's still no matter how much they hate Elon Musk, the the libs are still using it. Cause it's like the high status thing. It's, it's useful for, for journalists and stuff. They're still there. They didn't really go to blue sky or Mastodon or whatever. They have to stay on Twitter. That, that is valuable. And you, and people will see why in 2024, they'll be reminded why. Sorry about that. Uh, failed Alex Jones. I was going to try to imitate Alex Jones, but we're two hours deep. And I don't have enough. I don't have enough slime left in my, in my throat. To, to- <laughs> You need a lot of slime going to do Alex Jones. Uh, but yeah, uh, and the last thing about Elon Musk. So, I mean, uh, you know, in, even in, 
in communism they'll have they'll talk about like um that communism sort of relies on um uh to do if you're going to do communism you first have to have there's some kind of communist word for it and they mean like um these very uh 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 very like uh, let's say risk taking or um risk taking capitalists or whatever to kind of like create the conditions for you to take over stuff it's like the thing is like uh like capitalism like the thing about capitalism is that nobody really actually wants to take risks like when you have some new technology come out uh people want like well let's make an app you know what i mean like uh this new technology is cool but like let's make an app and we'll lease out the the the, the bandwidth and stuff elon is like well, let's make a, a brand new car company. Let's make build spaceships. Like he's like uh, this sort of high risk. He he's plays around this world of high risk. He seems to be cool with high risk, which is crazy. He's kind of like um, kind of like Eric Prince in that way. But Eric Prince is definitely not as risk taking as as Elon. And it just made me think about. I was talking about this earlier on Twitter. Where it was like um, okay, so if you go to Johnny Depp, right? So Johnny Depp, a lot of people would consider you could put him up there as like one of the coolest guys in the world, just just in terms of like uh just go through his resume, right? So he was like on the sexiest men alive list. He's uh uh a guitarist in a <laughs> in a band, and I think he's played with like you know Slash or something. I don't not Slash exactly, but uh, you know, he's like a guitarist in an LA band, you know. Um he was uh he was Jack Sparrow, probably one of the coolest characters alive, which I mean, in my opinion, by the way, talking about how Disney blows nuts now. Uh the the last cool thing Disney did was uh was Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Could be, yeah. Everybody loved that. How could you Yeah, know? I like that. I like that, yeah. Great stuff. Action adventure. Which by the way, there was, somebody wrote a good post about that, like now in people's mind they think of oh walt disney oh that's the guy that makes princess movies right he makes all those movies about princesses yeah you roll back the tape and like one out of like 15 movies is princesses all the rest of it was like action adventure stuff for boys yeah i mean when people talk about mickey mouse is gonna like a month it's gonna no longer be uh, it's going to be public domain and like the original ones are like here's mickey mouse driving a steamboat and he's going into africa and doing all yeah it was it was it was either boy stuff or, or stuff that was more neutral the, the the princess stuff like what snow white spawned that and it became big in the 90s that's like a fraction of what disney actually did in the past yeah yeah but um anyway so um uh but i mean going by any of the credentials johnny depp cool guy in lots of cool movies and stuff like that yeah. uh, uh guy in great shape by the way you know he's always i've never seen him fat or anything like that uh now let's go to um elon musk uh <laughs> pasty the guy owns a yacht and and he looks like he's never had a tan ever uh pasty I've never seen him in good shape. He's always some kind of obese. Supposedly he's got on that Ozempic now. Let's see how that works out. Um, does have his hair, but, uh, and he is a gamer. Absolutely. He's been gaming on, on his new service and stuff. But I mean, even outside of that, uh, he was making games like in the eighties and shit. He is absolutely a gamer. 
Um, well, the nineties, we got that gamer physique on lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely, uh, I mean, he just glows. Uh, and so not a lot to look at. And, um, now both of these guys sort of, uh, uh, had a relationship with Amber Heard, who is gorgeous. I mean, she's clearly, yeah. clearly some kind of bitch or whatever, but, uh, if you ever see Amber Heard, like really done, like, uh, wearing like a, a, a form, like a formal dress, red lipstick, just normal stuff. It, she's just a 10. She's just smoking hot. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, anyway, so, uh, how does it go with, with Johnny Depp? Well, she's beating his ass. She's pooping in the bed. She's, um, <laughs> embarrassing him what else did she do to him he like she humiliates him says calls him weak and stuff yeah it was yeah taking a swing at him uh pooping in the bed all that kind of stuff and uh and taking his money by the way too stealing his money yeah okay now let's go to elon musk who by the way has like 10 times as much 100 times as much money uh elon busts those cheeks for free <laughs> Elon, she ain't pooping in the bed. She ain't, instead of embarrassing him, he was like, she sent him uh, sexy cosplay photos for him to share with all his friends. Yeah, she dressed up like an Overwatch character, right? Right. And that, that's not really for him, for him. Part of that was to say, sure, you, you ever had a girl do something like that for you, right? Yeah, you, know, you can show me off a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and so you know that you you know you're real you you know you're real a team player doing stuff like you that. Shared you shared know. that photo on Twitter, by the way. That's from his feed. <laughs> she dressed up in the like uh, I don't I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like a a bikini with angel like with robot angel wings. And he said, "Hey, everybody, look at this." It, wait, is this a video game Overwatch? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and she's like, uh, she, and she's just like one of these like uh, you know modern sexy characters, or whatever. Um, it's like like it, it'd be like in the seventies getting your GF dressed up like uh, Daisy Duke or something like that. But uh, yeah, you know, and um, and he hits that shit. She don't, you don't say nothing. I sort of posted this on Twitter. I was like, so what's the deal, right? Now, like, um, so the obvious question here, like, number one is like, um, uh, is Johnny Depp a beta and, and, uh, is, is, uh, Elon an alpha? And a lot of people were like, well, yeah, that's just obvious. Like obvious, like this guy's running 10 companies and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, you can't, you can't be that kind of like uh CEO and stuff in your beta, man. He's got like 40 children. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's yeah. got, he has a harem, I mean, whatever, whatever company he takes over, he just finds the most, the most beautiful intern and just says, okay, now you're going to bear my offspring. Yeah. And it happens. And people made a good point. They said, you know, that sexiest man alive stuff, like, um, the whole like joke with that is they're sort of rate. They're sort of like doing with men, like really how women are, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like have like having a like a, a like a Sydney Sweeney's uh, a beauty is kind of like a universal thing. Oh, she's got the big cans. All the guys like that. Guys are very visual. 
you could sort of do that. But they were saying like, yeah, that doesn't really translate with men. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are some things that are objective, like, you know, symmetrical face, whatever certain features, but yeah, it is weird. It's, it's like, it, it's like when you, uh, if you put like top 10 girl boss CEOs, like, yeah, you can do that, but that's not really appealing. Like, who's that for? Right. And like, like sexiest men alive. Is that really, does that really work? Do women really care about that? I don't know. Maybe they do. Well, I mean, every clothes company in America has like, uh, you know, they, they have models, they have like, and these guys are like, you know, six, five buff or whatever. They're the models they're on the logos. They ain't smashing Amber Heard. (laughs) It's just interesting. Maybe now. Uh, I don't know. We, he's like the first gamer alpha. Of course, it doesn't really help all that much because he's got a uh, billion dollars. So it's not like you can apply this stuff to your own life. But yeah, Wait. <laughs> yeah, unless you start sending up rocket ships to Mars, we have uh, more stories. We'll have to bump them for next week. There's some, there's some uh, good ones in there. I always reference this, but uh, in the Beavis and Butthead thing, he uh, this rapper is going to show him how to get laid, and the rapper tells him he's like, okay, you need to, first thing you need to do is you need to take her, take her out shopping. When women love to take out shopping. He says, wait a minute. He says, take her out shopping. He's like, uh, he's like, I thought you get laid because you're cool. I'm like, you know how to speak to women. He's like, oh, yeah, but I was talking about you. <laughs> yeah, the rules might be different for you than the richest man on the planet. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, anything to add before we go, Fredo? Nah, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, y'all. Making the way the only way they know how. Let's go.